Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to ProTown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good week, whatever you did this week, gang. Um, not going to lie, it took me a couple days to recover from my trip. I had a show uh, here in Austin on Friday with Skyrocket at 310 ACL Live. Got up, at, you know, super early, like 4.30 in the morning on on, uh, on Saturday. Flew to Miami, flew back Monday morning and played with Happy Land that night and got up Tuesday and was really, really tired. So, uh, so yeah, it worked. <laughs> It wore me out, man. Uh, people in Austin, like I cannot believe it's already March. People in Austin are, are getting hunkering down, getting ready for their South by Southwest experience. So I'm getting all the invitations to the parties, all of the things. I have a bunch of podcasts lined up, uh, some really good ones. In fact, I will be getting back together with my old friend Hobart Roland from Magnet Magazine to do uh, a, a, a collaboration episode of how did I get here in magnet classics podcast with the great fastball. So I'm excited to do that during uh, South by Southwest. There's a big steamboat show. As far as like local things, there's a big steamboat show, a place I used to play. Uh, they're having a, a showcase down at the lake with uh, Vallejo and Ian Moore and a bunch of friends of mine that used to play there as well. Mm. Other than that, I got no badge. I got no credentials. So I might go to some stuff I get invited to, but otherwise I'll probably lay low. Um, yeah, probably lay low. Speaking of South by today's guest, Cece, uh, my friend, Cece Berry, amazing singer, amazing songwriter. Uh, she moved here a long time ago from, uh, from Venezuela, but she is here and she's been making music 
and releasing singles for the last couple of years. She's been making music for a long time, but she's been releasing singles, solo singles, under the name Cece for the last couple of years. And uh, some really great singles. Uh, one you'll hear today called uh, Who's Gonna Worry About Me, a song called Good Time, Richard Dead, great, great song. Uh, uh, Shaded Trees, Lion Cheat, really, really great song. She's got uh, some new songs coming out at the end of the month, and she'll be rolling them out with uh, the great soccer team, Austin FC. There's going to be a song called Spoonful of Sugar that you'll hear. But anyway, we have a really great conversation, man. She she played ACL Fest last year. Amazing job. She'll be singing the national anthem at the Austin FC game, uh, I believe, on the 9th, the 9th of of March. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, you can find out more about her by going to OCCOHCC on Instagram. You can find her as CC on uh, on Spotify. But anyway, she's a fantastic artist. She's been doing a lot of great shit since she's been here in Austin. Uh, I've seen some great videos of her band. In fact, there's a great video for uh, the song Who's Gonna Who's Gonna Worry About Me, which is out now. You can find it. I'll put links to her Instagram and her Spotify in the text of this podcast. And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with this immensely talented woman. Cece, let's get down. I stay up, me in the moon. Keep watch, said you'd be home soon. We wait, hope you're okay. Do you worry about me? To your in this bed, I keep the sound in my head of how you breathe. When you've made it home, I'd pay to watch you sleep. But who's gonna worry about me? Do you I have to tell you, man, that song's amazing. Do you like it? Yeah. You got to when the music comes in, no, 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 it's no problem. Uh, when the music comes in, it has. Uh, it, it feels like it, it like a like a like like the beginning of like a, a great uh, Burt Bacharach song. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about it. Like what what uh, you you said you were making two albums. So I'm working on two records at the same time, and there's no other. There's not like a strategy to that besides that I want that I am writing a lot, and I want to write, and I'm in this part where I'm not entirely sure. How, like there's no direction to how to do this road, you know. And if I'm if I'm afforded the opportunity to to record and I have these ideas and windows of time with certain people that want to put it up, then that's what I'm gonna do. I don't see why I need to wait for some chronological order of uh, I don't know a system that I don't fully understand and no one knows how to guide me the right way to do right. one thing or another. So I'm like, okay, two records, same time, and they're they're two different completely they're not concept albums or anything they're they're just two different expressions of types of music that I always that I love to make and that I want to make so the first uh the first one is the full length um the full length it's your first full length. record yeah, yeah un, in, under my my own name which I've never done right with Chris Busada um and I'm insanely excited about these songs and working with him is kind of allowed for those different angles of the way that I like to write to come out I love R&B, I love soul, um, you know, kind of Silk Sonic meets, you know, some some cool Americana, but a lot of R&B and soul and... Um, soul and like a classic, so yeah. not like neo-soul. Yeah, not right, neo-soul, right, right. more classic soul. And I think that surprises people because a lot of the stuff I've uh, written or put out is kind of more Americana. 
uh, or acoustic. Or what was the, the name of your last band? Torino Black. Torino Black. And that Sorry. was more like heavy rock. Like rock. Roll. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I know you as like a rock and front yeah. woman. Like. Yeah. Like screaming and jump off stage. And, yeah. And I, I like this a lot more. I mean, yeah, I really cool. do. It has a voice. And I'll say something and not to interrupt you, but there was something you were saying about direction. And when I was listening through your stuff, like through all of it, like in a line, there's only singles out now. Yeah. It is, it is all like, you're like, oh, because if you go back, what's the, hold on, hold on. Uh, rich or Dead. Yeah. Like when you, when you go to listen to that, you're like, this person's trying to be a global superstar. There's like a bunch of shit in there that's like a fucking it's a banger yeah that's a great song thank you yeah it's super cool but it, it's it but it sounds there like you're reaching for that. and then there's these two regular like just acoustic tracks where yeah. you're just kind of strumming yeah and singing like maybe recorded on a computer or something literally you're... in my it, it chris came over to my house and we he set up a rig and i recorded sitting on a chair drinking champagne and just wanted to put it out yeah so, so those are good too, and then and then the other two songs, which are uh, "Who's Gonna Worry About Me" and "Good Time," are uh, uh, are are different as well. I would say "Good Time" and and "Who's Gonna Worry About Me" seem like they'd be on the same album. Mm. Good, uh, "Who's Gonna Worry About Me" is definitely part of this this new debut, album, mm-hmm, the debut. Uh, the others have been just expressions of me putting out music again, again for the first sure, time, sure, and in the build of like building the band and the right, way right. the live show would go right. kind of just releasing music so that people had a landing pad yeah. of reference point of songs yeah. that I that I play I love Good Time and um, Who's Gonna you, is definitely the first the first one from this record right but you're cognizant of the fact that like if somebody heard one of those songs and went to the other songs they'd be like who is this girl they and, might yeah. yeah yeah, you don't have a manager no 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 I'm independent um, completely completely but the, and you ended up playing ACL Festival. I mean, you're fucking great. And your voice you. is great and your songs are great. And I'm not I'm not disparaging you by any means about I've had many people sit me down through my career and be like, Who the fuck are you trying to be? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. who I are think, you dude? <laughs> I think half the time too, that that's that's been the the question that isn't the navigating part to me where for example the deciding factor of releasing two acoustic songs was because I was tremendously sad and didn't want to put out my happy um, full-length record songs like Who's Gonna Worry About Me? Not that that's um, a happy song, but like these pieces of the record that were composed that have love songs in them. I just couldn't release any of that until I got out of me what was literally happening in my life at the time. So those were just like, let me just wring this towel of sadness out. They're pretty sad. this out. And then I can focus on like <laughs> my project again and my joy. And that had nothing to do with what's the strategy of introducing myself to the world. That was for me. I needed to get those songs out so that I wasn't just immediately singing a song that was like a love song that I wasn't connecting to because I was very heartbroken. So it this there hasn't been... And perhaps that's the thing. Management would be great. Booking would be great. I'd love some direction. But right now, what's been guiding my trajectory has been what what I need of my music for me. And and that's the most trust you know trustworthy place I can be is what right. do I need from the tunes? Right. Well, I mean, the, the the I mean, on the other hand of all that stuff, you you could have a, cast a wide net and have people connect to like whatever a sound is. But now, if you have fans, they are fucking really fans. Like I'm a fan, yeah. like I see through and I enjoy, I, I'm only saying that because that's what people have yelled at me 
throughout my career about yeah, as well. I feel it, it was like too, pick a lane, bro. Pick a lane. Pick yeah. a lane, bro. Pick a lane. And you're like, why do I have to pick a lane? I'm just having fun. That it's yeah, it's just like I need I needed this. That's kind of when I'm when I'm doing the Spanish record and I'm like, some because some, people will ask me on Instagram if I post something and I'm like I'm working on this and I'm working on that and they'll be like, um, this is so different than your acoustic stuff, and I'll or like if I posted like a teaser of the Spanish songs I'm doing and I'm like it's definitely different than my acoustic stuff. If you haven't met me, I'm a military brat from everywhere and my family's from Venezuela. I don't know what to say that. There isn't one lane of me. I haven't lived one lane, uh, one lane life, and the expressions of how things come out of me are so different. Even my personality is different in Spanish. Like any bilingual person will say that too, or any military brat would say that too. It's just, I don't. I think I've even tried the whole pick a lane, and I just don't want to because there's versions of the way that I write in Spanish that I really like. There's versions of the way that I write Americana feelings that I love, and there's soul that I just like feel like a are like pieces of hay that are stuck in my throat that I just need to sing this way. So I don't I don't know what I don't really know. There's no strategy to it. That's what I can say with certainty, but I'd and I'd love some um I'd love to find a little a little bit of choreography within how to introduce myself properly to the world without being like can you hear me now in this way or in this way or in this way? I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to be like Let's make a bop. It's like yeah. I, most of these songs I just wrote because I needed them. It's how I digest life. It's an anecdotal everything. These are not concept albums. This is my life. And if you yeah. listen to them and and dissect them, then you then you sure get to know me. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I relate to that because I'm that same kind of songwriter that um, I don't talk a lot about what's happening to the world or other people. Yeah. If you go through my career, it's basically like a whole lifetime of self-analysis. Yeah. You know, you it's know self-discovery, I mean? <laughs> self-criticism, self, self-soothing. So, like it's yeah, quite, yeah. It, it isn't. It is pri- primitively self, self, selfish is the wrong word, but I've just always done it for me first. Well, I, Maybe you were introduced to songwriting the same way I discovered it. Like I was trying to figure out the combination. Like I was a kid and I started out like playing covers. Mm-hmm. And then I got like at when I was like 16, I got in a band of grownups that mm-hmm. was like really writing their own music and doing all this stuff. And like I would go play these shows and then I was trying to write songs, but I was like no life experience. And then. I crossed some line where I did start writing songs and they were writing songs about how I, I felt like the things I wasn't saying in conversation to people, you even though I was like reality. 17, I was writing these songs and, and not even really thinking like, I'm going to write a song about this. I would just right. start writing and writing and writing. And then exactly. all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, that's what I'm not saying. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then you say it in a way with these perfectly ordered words that you're like, oh, I feel better. That's exactly what I meant to say. Yeah, as if it wasn't you that just wrote them or sang them. Right, but right. They, you've just you've like disassociated enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like therapy on on a podcast, but it's like you disassociate when you get to write that it it becomes released, right? Because you put it in that order, and then you're almost proud of it. So the feeling, yeah. even if it's sadness, yeah. or fear, or whatever heartbreak, because it's so well put, and you explained it to yourself in a different way. Yeah, 
you feel digested, like you feel metabolized. Right. So we're writing songs in a different way than like somebody who, and there's nothing wrong with either one. It's just different. It's apples and oranges or whatever. Yeah. But like somebody who's like a, a, like a, you know, this guy came down from the mountain to do all this stuff. And even though their story might be woven in there somewhere, people like you and I, and like a bazillion other people, Taylor Swift, who's sweeping the, I mean, that's somebody who's just like a journal. Yeah. Journal entries. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, well placed well-written journal entries poetic <laughs> journal entries yeah, yeah. with sweet beats underneath yeah exactly yeah and sometimes they come out with a fuck with a sorry if I, I don't know if i'm allowed to cuss Cuss away sometimes they come out with a fucking groove uh you know and the beat under underneath it wants to be this like groovy thing and then sometimes it fits the the intention of the song better to be under a different beat and it's under americana and it's not i don't i don't see that as like who are you trying to be as much as there's so many um there's so many ways of saying this f- feeling yeah and not all of it's in the words some of it's in like the tone and the style no you know what i mean like the yeah. music of it is just as much of the expression of the words as the words are yeah so i don't feel i, I i'm thrilled at the opportunity to write in different genres because I feel like I'm like a nine different genres as a human. I'm very random to myself. And I think people that know me feel kind of random about me too. That's another thing. Like maybe, maybe that style of thinking is antiquated because now even the way that people listen to music, it's, there's no walls. It's not like oh, people yeah. are only into metal. It's like someone has like Black Sabbath, uh, a song, and Yesterday by the Beatles in the same playlist. Like, For sure. Like yeah. the, it's, it's an interesting um concept to to wonder if why an artist is jumping genres when you if you go to your own you know playlists and spotify recaps right, right. your range is from sure. you know motorhead to you know to gregory allen isakoff you know yeah there's everyone is many things too of course a musician could be <laughs> express expressing themselves in many ways right who uh oh wait you know one thing i did want to ask you and um I, if since I'm a dude, I don't want it to come off being like somewhat sexist. No, I but it to don't me. forget to lean up into the into yes, the mic. Um, I'm gonna leave such a long pause, so you're like, "What is he gonna say?" No, what I was gonna say is, um, last night I didn't watch the Grammys, but I, before you were coming over, I was listening to this thing, and I didn't realize exactly uh, how it was a really uh, uh, female heavy nominees. Yeah. Did you did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I think it was twelve, 12 of the thirteen. Album of the year. Jesus Christ, where, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think, I think. That's almost unheard of. I think it's something like that, that it's heavily female. Yeah. Do you do you feel like um, in the wake of everything, like is that something that you see promise in or do you think that's something that, oh, they're going to do it this year so that we shut up for the next 10? You know what I mean? Until the next Lilith Fair or something. Um, That's an interesting concept. I was actually at a dinner last night where my friends and I were talking about the the dynamic of feeling like what, what is, what is a feminist movement right now? And where do I exist within feeling myself as a female supported or unsupported, um, by community in general. And I think, I mean, sometimes, sometimes even this is going to, I don't even know how this is going to come off. Sometimes I've felt, uh, the pendulum swing too far of a support just because I'm a girl that I'm like, wait, but did you hear my music? Like, did, did you like, like my music or it, do you like me as a girl right, right, right. and therefore will 
give me attention as a musician. Right, right. That doesn't do me. That doesn't serve me at all. That doesn't serve femininity at all. Um, Uh, So what I'm what what I think I see as awesome is that everyone's listening and that all music is being listened to on a larger scale. What I hope is not the the conversation is let's give them a stage just because they're a girl. I want to I like to earn my keep a lot. And and I know and I know that women have not given been given the opportunity as often or in as as I don't know, simply in scenarios over the years. Um, but I hope that we also are aware that like everything, the pendulum does this thing where it swings too far and that for us to really find, you know, equal space in these places that we want the right. the opportunities in, I, I want to I, put me in the game, not put me in the game with the girls. Right. Put me in the game. Yeah. You know, and uh, regardless, I'm ecstatic of all of the attention and the uh, and the very valid l- uplift of of women in the industry. It is so... Um, has been so needed, right? Um, and and with that, I hope that we hone in on what being a part of the conversation now means, and not and not just let it be like, okay, guys, y'all shut up now. Our turn, because that does nothing for us. The whole point is for all of us to all be, us on to the be table. in there together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's I think my take on that. I like to earn my keep, and I don't I don't like being given a stage just because I'm a girl. Right. I remember uh, talking to AJ when he had first started working with uh, with Kendall Beard. Before they did Loving Chaos, and like there are people that were like, oh, uh, for some reason, the radio, at least in, I guess in that world, it's a lot more segregated. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more. But they wouldn't, they're more apt to play something because AJ's voice is on it with Loving Chaos than they are of just Kendall. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I love. Love and Chaos, and I love yeah, me too. and Kendall. Yeah. I think they're fucking amazing. The what I will say in in the world of like little nuances of of how I navigate being a girl in the industry, I have used a pseudonym to book myself for so long. And <laughs> oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have been a guy who yeah. books myself for so long, <laughs> and I get booked ninety percent more. I get the amount that I ask for if I'm booking under my my male <laughs> name yeah your pseudonym my pseudonym yeah. in my <laughs> in my emails and it's almost at some point you start you when i started doing that years ago by the way like yeah, yeah. 10 15 years ago <laughs> it it was almost like i think i had had like a, sh- a bottle of champagne or something it was like fuck it i'm just gonna see if i can book these things and if people listen to me if i'm represented yeah and and i thought it was more sincerely to do with representation that it's it's a better look to have representation than it is to be independent. And then you also just kind of, again, with this association, you talk for yourself better when it's not you. Yeah. Right? So I can stand up for myself better. Yeah. If I'm, you know, th- this metaphorical bodyguard of sorts. Sure. And that's who I am when I'm booking myself. And I and it works. And that's a weird, it's not a flex as much as a sense of humor about it all. Because the the reality within that story is... A guy booking me will will get more of a proper response or correspondence than me as a girl booking right. me. I use the pseudonym as a girl too. I tried it all. I mean, I'm, I'm a data driven person. <laughs> I did this as a science project, and I was a female so it's not just agent. that it's it's not just that it's yeah. no. And I thought it was so funny, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really care what gets me what gets me the the booking. 
being a guy or a girl. Just get me booked. Get me yeah. the stage and let me earn my keep. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just my personality, not necessarily everybody's, but... No, that's the one thing I remember. I will say this one thing is that I don't know if you've changed your style of singing, but I, I, I find this your your singing and your your lyrics and everything. Uh, I don't know if you've grown or you were doing something different, or maybe that music didn't suit you like this music suits you. I just feel like you've you you. I heard your, I felt like I heard your voice for the first time and how you sing in listening to this Thank music. Thank you. And it really, like, you're a fucking great singer. Thank you. Yeah, you have a beautiful voice. That means a lot coming from you. That means a lot to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if it's that I, I mean, everyone has phases. Like, we all went through our, you know, one phase and then you end up being a different way. I've always felt like I sing, sing, but in... In a rock and roll band, I sang a different way. Mm-hmm. It, pull, it pulled different versions of how I sing. Yeah, it's like in the Spanish song. There's almost no like singer singing. Yeah, yeah, feeling. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like this. It's like what the what the song calls for is where my voice goes. Not the name of that and song is Spanish song. Pasando tiempo. Pasando tiempo. Okay. And the I think that I end up seeing the opportunity of my voice as an instrument more than I see myself as a singer. Yeah. So like when I sang rock and roll, it felt like my voice was an instrument. And for that instrument to fit rock and roll, it was this one way. And then in Pasando Tiempo, the, what, those, what the song wanted was something more linear and something more calm and nothing like singer. It's almost like talky. It's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's like a journal speech, you know. And then there's Who's Gonna Worry About Me. That's this like ballad that called for bigger, rounder space. So it's like I, I just feel like a bandmate. My voice feels like one of the ba- one of the band instruments. I don't always feel like the lead Unless we're playing. And then when I play, I'm like, well, I'm a performer and my instrument right. is my voice. So you, you, you've gotten to do some really great things. You just went to California and you played out in L.A. Now, was that with the band or on your um, own? No, I went as a, as a guest uh, onto some, some, of, some shows with Paul Val, who oh, okay. I love playing okay. with in the city. Um, and we've kind of been in, playing in this city together I don't for know a long him. time. Incredible rock and roller. That's what I've heard. I've blues, never, I've never met him or anything. Blues rock and roll, and he's always, he's always playing around town too. He's at Continental a bunch. Yeah. And I jumped on um, as a, as a special guest for that show, and the because of that special guest feature, got to go and play, L.A. with him for a bit, and then went L.A. to New York to do some of the Spanish record, then came back here and did Purple T- Purple ETV in promotion for the Eclipse, um, Utopia Fest. It's happening in April. There's a Utopia Fest for the Eclipse. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. You and know, you can't get really like cool. any rooms out there anymore in the Hill Country or anything. You can camp. They have camping. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean for Utopia Fest. I just meant oh. for the Eclipse. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I have no idea. I'm I'm the camping type. You are. Me yeah. and my Mazda. <laughs> we like. We don't care where we go as long as we're together. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you reacted very positively to that RV life that my aunt and uncle are living. Oh yeah, I have. A, I mean, I'm I'm working on a little trailer park, a vintage trailer park in South Austin for musicians that roll through. I have a couple little trailers, and um, once the city gets off its ass and lets me get my permitting, uh, the idea is that people like me that like I, f- I like to float around. I think that we're also in an era where w- I don't need to be just here. Yeah. I like to be everywhere. So if you're passing through. Well then, why don't we all just create this network of musicians that are passing through? It's like the Airbnb for for musicians and artists that are just 
They need the independence of being left alone. Like, I don't have a lot of bandwidth to always be like, welcome, crash on my couch, let's have a coffee. Yeah, yeah, I'm like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More introverted than, than I come off as. So sometimes you just want to be like, hey, that trailer's yours. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah. some wine in there. Enjoy yeah. yourself. Call me if you need me. I've always been an open door guy. But yeah. when I moved in here, like the first couple of years I lived here, I was still like, yeah, sure, man. You guys can stay here when you're here for South by Southwest. But then you forget. Like, and you forget like you have to do oh the thing. God. You have to do the whole thing where you're like, Dude, oh, I have hi. one fucking bed. So it's just like dudes everywhere and all my shit. And you're like, no. hey, guys, you got to get up. I got someone Rise from fucking Denmark kids. doing a podcast over here today. Yeah, and then I was like, I don't. Yeah, this, I, this is like my excuse to never have let anybody stay here. I, seriously, I blame everything on my dog. I'm like, Lola doesn't like people. I'm, I'm like, do. it's a Lola thing. It's not me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'd be delighted by your company, <laughs> Lola. Lola won't have it. No, it's it's a bandwidth thing. I think I think I think also at a certain like after a certain period of time, you already, you check the box of doing like the, I crash on couches and whatever. When you're traveling around a bunch and you're doing this, yeah, and it's yeah. your job. You, you want to show up somewhere, have the privacy of, yeah. of that moment yeah. and, and still want to give the metaphorical couch to someone. Sure. But I'm like, how do I do that without having to like, right. them have to coexist with me? Cause sure. we don't want to do that. We just need the like friendship of the rooftop. Yeah. Metaphorical or literal. And, and these little trailers, this idea I have excites me. And feels connecting without needing to chit chat. Yeah. Dude, I have this whole fantasy idea. Now listen, I'm single. Are we going in and on I'm this 55. together? Right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I have this idea that, that I'm I'm applying that same philosophy to a relationship. I I feel like I feel like in this culture we've been sort of like forced to be on top of each other as people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we really should be like some people oh. aren't like, hey, why why can't I coexist with you? But like you live next door. Sure. Space you know is what actually, I mean? Well, I don't, Does that sound insane? No, I don't I don't think I don't think it's insane. I think that <laughs> I think that uh, another concept that I was thinking about the other day was like we were never meant as as humans to digest all of the world all at once in the way that we have it now, right? We receive Oh my god. in one moment. Yes. Like there there is something psychologically in, insanely um impactful um that other generations that didn't have to deal with that if we can look at our phone get a an amber alert of someone being abducted also then look at the news and watch someone winning a grammy but then also go to like your youtube shorts and scroll through to find out more terrible things about the war you know about gaza or about you know it's it's so much um dissonant information all at once that our bodies are just like our, our our nervous system is like we feel joy and can immediately transition to feeling chaos and sadness, but immediately transition to texting a friend about like lunch. What do you what do you want to where do you want to go? And that flow of of having to harbor like hold on to half felt you know sentiments, notions, news yeah ends up building in your nervous system. And I think space is something that we don't feel as much anymore like we used right. to and so the concept that you're saying of saying even with someone close to me yeah if i could just have an area where like my brain just sees me yeah it's not just the literal of the partnership it's because the world feels like it's all on top of this yeah and so even just to like take a shower sometimes feels like the most peace all of us get yeah. so it doesn't feel bizarre to to consider that everyone is finding new ways to find space 
Yeah. Even within relationships. It doesn't feel bizarre. Yeah. I think everyone's just navigating what it looks like for them. Yeah. For me, it's, I like my dog and I like champagne. Me too. And <laughs> I like my dog and I like champagne. That is me. <laughs> so uh, one back, let's go back to this, uh, this thing real quick about ACL. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was by far the most serious I took myself and the opportunity to be a professional musician and to kind of see that in my mind as like a propeller of mo- and momentum of being like, okay, that's a cool step. You know, in, in any career you need like these land, like a, yeah, these like new levels to unlock. You and go, do. Okay. I, I need them I to keep that. going forward or yeah. I stop and go do something else. Yeah. I need the, the, it's some element of progress that marks a flag being, you know, put down and going, okay, yeah. we're on a road. I don't know if it's the road yeah. and doing it right, but it's a different place than before. Some so sort of upward trajectory. Just like the we're little not, vision. Yeah. yeah. And so that was monumental for me in that, in that way. It was, it was like when you get on a bike and you've been going uphill and then all of a sudden you get just a little bit of a different slope and you're like, okay, yeah, I can kind of feel the wind on me for a second. Yeah. Um, so it, on top of the opportunity to take the songs, rehearsal, our set list, the bandmates, the, the way that we want to, you know, put on a show, um, it, everything makes you level up when you're in a, around people. It's like when the whole concept of if you get a bit, if you feel big in a room, get into a different room. If you're on a bill with those people and on a bill like ACL and in your city and you feel just like you want to honor it so much so you want to you want to try and level up to it and um rise to the occasion and the opportunity to be to be that good that they think that you're good enough to be on that stage so like i said i like to earn my keep so it was one of those like okay walk the walk cc yeah and it was awesome and it was incredible and to see people singing the song and the support and i felt very supported by the city and that's always mattered a lot to me because um, I've been playing in this town for a long time. Oh, by, by the scene in the city. Yeah. I thought you meant by like the city of Austin, like music department or whatever. No, but, like by, by, the, by the scene, by, by yeah, the musicians yeah, yeah, that I've yeah, played yeah, with, yeah, by yeah. other artists, yeah. and just people that know that I've been around. I feel like I've been yeah. around for a long time, like, like a lot of us. So to feel like people were, were rooting for me yeah. well, meant so much, and I didn't know that yeah. it means so much. Well, and especially to have a, a very identifiable thing, then kind of go underground for a little while and reinvent yourself. And yeah, then fucking come out like, yeah, it's scary. It's very, very scary. Very scary. And really like, like the whole reinvent yourself, I think the whole time people are being themselves, no one's consciously being like how would i how would i like to reinvent myself we're just like we're just here and we're going how do i reintroduce myself for me it felt like a reintroduction because i didn't feel like i had reinvented myself i had just never well you you reinvented the process of how you create and everything right like that's a pretty big i guess i've been writing i know i've i've been writing this way in a room on the floor forever it's it's kind of always been just what are the parameters that I had been creating with? And this was the first time that I was creating alone. And that I was like, well, I don't want to wait around for, you know, a collaborator or this or that. And it's COVID and maybe I'll never play again. I don't know. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to start putting stuff out in the way that it sounds just as me because that's all I've got right now. Until COVID started opening things back up and I called my you know, band band yeah. people in the city and was like, would you guys be open to trying this? And they said, yeah. I want to see you live because I 
I bet that it's more, I bet because once you have a band playing all of these songs in a set, they probably have a way more cohesive. Yeah, it definitely, the the live show, I think also I people find connective tissue from the Torino days to my live stuff now in seeing me perform. Like it's still a show and I'm still. Well, I saw that a band a few cra- times. I mean, you, there's no taking the fucking energy. Like you're incredibly charismatic. Like I love to dance and I yeah. love to perform and the songs feel big and, the, and this set. Yeah. Um, I, I love performing. So I think that's where the connective tissue yeah. of the ver- versions of myself are. Um, but yeah, the, the live sound, we're constantly working on it and there's always new songs. And especially since I'm in studio a bunch, the, the I'm excited to see how that develops the the live shows but um yeah i'd love i'd love for you to come and see it. we're playing san antonio this weekend but we'll be back there? i'm playing san antonio too saturday wait yeah where are you playing i'm playing a private thing i'm playing a um i'm playing on the ninth at lonesome rose i think that's the night at before garrett i think that's Katz. friday at garrett cat's spot i don't know that place it's cute yeah it's cute i like that spot a lot um where else do you guys play that's a whole band you're going with? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you know who here, I like real quick? Just mm-hmm. real quick. I like him a lot. Scotty Blanco. I love that boy. Lucille de Blanco's favorite son. He is. <laughs> he doesn't get mad. <laughs> He's incredible. He's one of the first people. I, I've been playing with him since Torino. He's one of the first people I called when I was restarting and was right. like, I don't know what you'd be open to, but I'm going to start over. And, and, and I'm going to hit, like, if it's just me driving the car, how fast could I go? And that was my, my whole idea to myself of like, can you trust me to get in the car? Because I'm going to drive it and I promise I'm going to work really hard and try and get us on good stages and really, you know, be a leader in in this. Well, you've and done I'm, really well. I mean, you've done really well. I mean, I'm you hauling know. ass. I'm not entirely sure what I'm yeah, doing, but I'm I mean, definitely hauling ass. You, you've been able to, to secure some great shows for yourself and yeah. be able to do some really great things. Yeah. And that's. Also, because I have this family of musicians that I'm playing with, Scott Blanco, Eric, um, this rotation of incredible bassists, bassists because everybody in the city plays with everybody, so everybody's a hardworking, uh, Mike Martinez, you know, like, we, we I really, uh, it makes a big difference when you feel very supported by the people that you're playing with. Yeah. You know, they're a little, the fuel to the flame. Whenever your flame is like going low, they're like, hey, 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 we, we're in it. We're good. You know, yeah. it's really uplifting. And I'm one of five brothers and sisters. So I do well in like this village mentality. Where, where, where in the five do you land? I'm the second oldest. Second oldest. Yeah. Dos. Wow. Dos. I'm number two. Where are all of them? My sister is in New York. That's your older sister? She is my younger sister. Okay. It's just us two. We're kind of. We're like very matriarchal uh, family. Us, us women feel very strong in our family. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, that, I'm, I'm, my Cuban family, it's the women that it's a bit run of, the yeah, show. Yeah, it's a Latino yeah. thing. My, my mom is yeah, yeah. a beast of a woman. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she could, she could move mountains. Um, the My older brother, David, is in San Antonio. Uh, Tommy uh, lives here in Austin. And Jimbo is in Houston. So you guys are all kind of around here? Your parents are around here too? We stay close to my mom. My mom uh, raised us on her own in San Antonio. My dad was in the military. Okay. Um, and we were stationed in Fort Sam, so that's where we landed. And uh, yeah, we're staying close to mama. That's good. That's the, the goal of this music is to get on, get on a big stage and tell the world about my mama. That lady has done some crazy things, and I, th- I think the world would find world peace just getting to hear my mom's story. Wow. So that is the goal. 
So what? How much time did you spend in Venezuela, and where? We jumped around. So my, my, my family's from Caracas, Venezuela, from okay. Caracas, and uh, we were in Germany, in Westbrook, Germany, which is where my sister was born. Uh, New Orleans, Washington, uh, San Antonio, El Paso. Um, we, were, we we jumped around for a while with the military before landing. But my my, my family is a gigantic Venezuelan family, so I I joked with every I joke with everybody often that. Like if they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from my mom's roof. Like wherever we were, like I am a Venezuelan kid, but in different scenarios um, because my household is very Venezuelan. Um, I spent a lot of time there. In Venezuela? When, yeah, in Caracas. Really? We would stay at the Tamanaco Hotel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My family is from Sebucan. I don't know where that is. There are different areas of Venezuela. And What's the other place? In, yeah, I love, I love my Venezuelan family. Valencia. Mm-hmm. That's another place yeah. that we would go. Yeah. I love my it's it's a huge part of my identity. Yeah. And they come out in spurts being my my dad was from um Big Spring, Texas, and there's I never necessarily felt Texan. I felt always a lot more Venezuelan, yeah. jumping around everywhere. We only landed in Texas when we got stationed here. Um but yeah, that's the personality thing. Even people, if you meet me only in Spanish, then you can't believe I speak English. And if you meet me in English, then you don't believe that I'm Latina. I totally understand that. And yeah. then, and you just are, you just all these little collections. If I, if I drink too much champagne, I get very Latina. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I don't, I don't know, I have an accent and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I have a- an identity issue. Apparently when I get mad, I get very Cuban. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Ian Moore, mm-hmm. we've been friends since we were in high school. Mm. And he told me a few years ago that the older I get, the more like a Latin woman I become. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I he's mean, very concerned with how much everyone's eaten. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. The hospitality side of me really kicks in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I feel the, uh, the different identities so what, I am often. What's the situation there now? You have family in Venezuela, yeah, I've got like what? In Venezuela. A whole lot of them have gotten out. Okay, but it's still it's terrible. It's it's really unfortunate. What I mean, that's an understatement. Uh, we're a faith-filled country. Everyone is prayerful and hopeful, and it's a gorgeous, um, you know, naturally rich resources, intelligent people. Like the the piece I find, I suppose, is that anytime people say they've met Venezuelans that have gotten out and have you know relocated and all that everyone says the same things so like god venezuelans are just so chill just happy people who love their families and i'm like that really is what it yeah feels like there's a con- you know a consistent notion in, the in phrase i always came back with was a que chévere. Que chévere. yeah that que was always that everyone was always saying oh, no. yeah no vamos ahí. Es bueno. Es chévere. Es chévere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure you've gotten some arepitas entonces so you had some arepas yes i have literally have her that's the, oh, the oh, that's awesome. The lady on the Anapang. Yeah. That's like my version of a Venezuelan flag where I'm like, well, I was kind of raised a little bit of everywhere. Right. So I don't feel the the, the connection to putting a, you know, tattooing the right. country on right, me. Right, right, right. But I do feel the connection to saying, oh, I, my Venezuelanness is that my abuelita, my tita made us arepas in every single country we ever lived in. And wherever we would move, I was still the daughter of a Venezuelan yeah, yeah. mother. And, I, and that is my allegiance. I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's funny how that culture is so strong that like it, it's it's almost like sometimes like uh, like there's a guy he's kind of cheesy but George Lopez 
He's hilarious. Like he's yeah, he's hilarious because he's talking to us. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, and I can see how Americans would think he was cheesy because he is kind of cheesy. But he his he, the shit he's saying is real. It's totally real. There's a a Venezuelan comedian that did um, that sold out um, Moody, uh, and it was it was amazing to see. First of all, just this conglomerate of Venezuelans all yeah 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 where I felt like where am I because yeah. I'm in Austin and I'm in line with my mom. <laughs> To go see, I love um, that kind of stuff. Where man. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not gonna hear everybody. Ah, es que la cola está larga, que no sé qué. And I'm like, where am I? How many Venezuelans are in Austin that I didn't know about? It's this entire theater, right? Um, um, uh, George Harris. Okay, that's his. I think that's his name. But I was rolling on the floor laughing. Like we, it was hysterical because these stories are just, it's just like it's just our stories. Like and yeah, only, yeah. only Latinos would get this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of like. Oh man, it's also funny. I don't want to butcher any. It's of also jokes, so family oriented too. Like even like, do you ever watch John Leguizamo? Mm-hmm. Like one man things. Yeah, they're also they're all like our culture is so heavily family oriented yeah. that everything, everything that you're saying, I totally I know exactly what you Every mean. Every move that I make is singularly driven by how does this affect or support my family? I've never even I've never even been, been to Cuba. I just, I'm, I was born in Miami. My family had already moved here from there. When Miami is Cuba. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me it is, but <laughs> that's what I'm, saying. I'm like, sure to people. And yeah. that's the power of, of being raised, like the, the potency of the culture that we're raised in yeah. is so much so that you're like, oh no, it's, there's, this is, Ven- this is, Ven- my household is Venezuela. Like this is what it is. And everything that George Harris or whoever is telling jokes of, I'm laughing because like, he was born and raised and was there his whole life. Yeah. But me and my brothers and sisters are dying laughing because we're like, the point is that you were raised by a Venezuelan mother. Yeah. And that is the that is what that story is. And it's all those jokes had me just dead. It's funny. All the houses, like they, they, they all smell like coffee all day and then like onions and garlic as yeah. soon as it's time to make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just the silly nuances of, of like, I mean, what can I think of? Um, when you're well, when your mom is at, if we're, if you're at the grocery store yeah. and your mom wants to teach you a lesson of like leaving her like that you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. stay right beside yeah. her and then you left so she'll literally like go and hide somewhere to watch you freak out <laughs> looking for her and then she they all do that and I'm like they what is that crazy <laughs> lady are, she just like wants to teach me a lesson and scare the shit out of me last year my aunt told me to do that to my dog because she wasn't coming <laughs> she was like why don't you go hide and then she'll get scared that you're not I'm like I'm not gonna I'm terrorize like, psychological my psychological tricks all of you learn as mothers is insane or like the crazy shit like oh my god a boy came over once and we were like watching a movie and I'm, I was in I don't know sophomore year of high school and we're watching a movie and we're like laying down uh, right so you're like doing that cool little cute little spooning thing when you're watching a movie right and my mom would like obviously all the kids are supposed to leave you alone yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah but my mom would just pop out of the closet <laughs> and just be like uh-huh and the poor boy would fall onto the ground and he'd be like I'm, I'm sorry Miss Barry I wasn't doing you know and I'm like, what are you doing in the closet? We're watching a movie. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just little shit like that where you're like, what? Man, um, one more thing about Venezuela and then we'll go on to another thing. I always, I, I don't know if I romanticize it or what, but whenever like you go to Vegas and there's a fucking awesome hotel pool scene with like whatever celebrities and it's badass and it Miami Beach, like a Fontainebleau has yeah. it now, and like Palm Springs or whatever. But like 
though that pool at the like i remember when we would go there and we would stay there i would hate having to go like hey we're going here to visit these guys today and i'd be like no i just want to lay around at that pool that's on that mountain that overlooks the whole city mm. sorry i love that hotel incredible i love that pool. we should city. go back i mean my aunt and uncle can you go there i mean isn't it weird it's, it's pretty dangerous um but like it's more open than it's been it's it's I mean, my aunt and uncle just went with their kids to to visit. I don't. I wouldn't put it in the category as equally like the same chaos and danger. It's just not under the conditions it was before, right. you know. And that's so unfortunate because, <clears throat> man, it's the best. It's the best. It was. It's the thriving, intelligent, scholastic, you know, intellectually developed, resource developed place that was just in the wrong hands. And, yeah, and that will serve as a lesson i'm sure in history to everybody yeah and from there we're just like i said we're a faith-filled uh country and everyone's really prayerful that you know what what ebbs must flow and and that we'll be back yeah at some point i even have a saint that my grandmother gave me on my speaker i also have buddy christ i'm totally sacrilegious oh my gosh (laughs) i used to tell her because my grandmother used to get the uh she used to get the holy water from medjugorje Mm -hmm. Uh, Czechoslovakia but in the shape like in a plastic bottle in the shape of the Virgin Mary mm. which is exactly like Aunt Jemima pancake syrup yeah yes. <laughs> I used to compare the two and she gets so mad at me <laughs> I, I mean that's one of the the, the most men as well thing is that the amount of crosses in my mom's house are we have a cross wall and it's gorgeous and we have the Virgin Mary a statue of the Virgin Mary outside yeah. of our house there's a couple inside picture of the Pope you know, it, it's all the things where it's still very faith filled. All of us have our. Yeah. Little I have dalliance. mine that my grandma left when she passed out. Yeah. One of my grandmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's left like for our all the tell. grandkids. It's like yeah. our tell. Like could... <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that the cultures are just so. It's such a strong culture. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. I, I think it's why it ends up playing a huge part of my identity. Yeah. Like it. I can't not be my mother's daughter. Right. Exactly. And therefore, you know, that, that comes with all of its own things. I think I'm more recently finding the versions of what it means to be my, my father's daughter. I, now that I'm living in Texas and I feel like I'm in Texas and he passed away when I was very little. But it's an interesting dynamic to have always had the identity of I'm my mother's daughter. I'm oh. going to take care of my mom and my family. And now I live here and I'm identifying with being like I live in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And and there's nuances of finding my father within myself and feeling Texan. Um, although I don't necessarily feel it in my bones, but I feel it, I don't know, in spirit or something. I don't know. How old were you when your dad passed away? 10. That is really young. That must have been really hard. Yeah, it was. Hard on your mom and your mom had to like. Definitely my mom. I mean, there's five of us, like I said. Yeah. And she was, she was seven months pregnant with my youngest brother. Oh, shit. So we, we stayed in San Antonio and. Uh, there was either stay in San Antonio or go back to Venezuela. Right, right. The military, you know, assist and all of that would be better served here. And my mom wanted us to be in the state my dad was from. So, so we stayed. And so, I mean, several of us identify with Texas as where we landed because of our situation. And then the others that are younger are like, oh, we were raised in Texas. Right, right. And so it feels like our identities are di- are different. And our, our whole life, we go navigating ourselves and analyzing ourselves and ourselves within the world that we coexist in. So we're all constantly kind of talking of like how it all impacted us and how it's impacting us now versus then. So I think as kids, my mom did such an amazing job 
at letting us stay like kids. Like I, I really did have a rounded, beautiful childhood and that didn't feel like I knew of any of our hardships because my mom handled figuring out how to let us get get someone to donate this or that so that we can get shoes to play basketball or, you know, all the things. My mom did this. It's magician work the way that moms save the world on, you know, on how a daily you, basis. She's a beast. That's what you said. She's a beast of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that lady can't do. Yeah. Um, so my entire, and I kind of, I felt like I co-raised the kids with my mom. Yeah. You know, because it's five of us and. Yeah. So I just yeah, all I all I wanted is to get on a on a Grammy stage and be like, all right. That's where let that me, boss Let me tell y'all a story about Alita Berry. This is that's where your boss lady vibe comes from. Because you have a very boss lady vibe. I get that a lot. <laughs> I remember one time uh putting garlic and uh and uh and tomato on bruschetta with you. <laughs> At I Kendall love Beard's memory. house. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you taught me how to do it. Yeah, you have to scrape that was, the garlic on the bread first, I, and then you put the tomato. I was always very intimidated by you. Why? I don't know, but that was. I garlic? remember that moment. No, 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 no. That was the moment where I was like, "Oh, we're friends." Garlic really does bring people together. <laughs> <laughs> well, also when you reached out, and you were like, "Oh, you weren't there at the thing." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, we are friends." Yes, we are friends. Do you do you not walk around thinking everybody hates you? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Because so do I. Because I'm always like, if I don't see someone for like two weeks, do you know Primo the alien? Yeah. <laughs> I saw her and the other girls from Kevin. Yeah. Who are all very good friends Incredible. of mine. They've sung with me and played with me and stuff. And when I walked up, they were in the middle of talking and I walked up to them and I was like, hey guys, what's going on? And they're like, oh, hey, Johnny. I was like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? And they're at, and uh, Mary Claire was like, D- does it seem like something's wrong? And And Primo goes... No, he just, if you don't give him a certain amount of attention, he freaks the fuck out. So, hi, Johnny. <laughs> she turned back around. It was fucking hilarious. I was like, that's true. I mean, that's I'm true. kind of, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm accidentally kind of a solitary person. So when I don't he- hear from people, it, one doesn't surprise me, but two, I have, I'm self uh, critical and I'm always like, I don't really understand why someone would, would hang out with me or not hang out with me i don't right. understand people's heads and i don't know where i fit in people's yes. worlds because i just feel like all i do is work and then i don't know i i i don't know how to register myself within other people's lives but i know that i'm i feel very easygoing yeah i just apparently have kind of a i don't know what my personality comes off as it's as not much no, as, you're, you're just incredibly uh you're a really confident person and uh and you weren't freaking out because I was there. So I thought you hated me. <laughs> I don't know. No. It's, it's my own problem. I don't think it's you, anything you put off. But there is a boss. You have a boss lady vibe, which is great. Right on. Yeah. Well, hopefully that trans- trans- transcends and or is useful into it, of my course attempt it is. at this of course industry. It is. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was talking to my friend yesterday, too, about this. That, that I asked him what his favorite thing about, like, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Like we always spend most of the time anyway thinking of the shit we hate about ourselves the most. But if for a moment we gave space to what's your favorite thing about yourself and we were just talking about it and and for mine, I find a lot of solace in how so safe and okay I feel as just me in the world. Like I trust me a lot with my decisions and my way of navigating the world, whether I know what I'm doing or not. I I know I know myself and my capabilities really well. I know when I what I don't know and what I know. 
and for those reasons, I feel like I'm, I never feel kind of stupid to ask a stupid question because I know what I don't know. All I need to know, all I need to do is ask it and then I'll know it. Yeah. I know my limitations and yeah. I know my capabilities and that gives me great, great peace. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'm kind of shitty. I'm shitty at recognizing if people are having a good time or not. And I work in hospitality. So my go-to for everything is like, well, just come over and I have champagne and I've got What's a dog. Your- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I got. <laughs> uh, your love for champagne and dogs is, that's a very specific combo. It is very, very me. Yeah. My patio. I'm just a very simple person. You could be like, hey, you want to hang out? I'd be like. I've got the sidewalk and I've got my dog. <laughs> we don't really need to do anything. I'm so self-entertained. I don't, I don't need to like, I don't know. When you go see music, who do you go see here? Who are your If I make, people? sometimes I get, this is the truth. Sometimes yeah. I get a lot of anxiety when I go Me to too. shows. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really go out often. Yeah. Unless it feels like, well, that I'm pulling the, you know, the highest self of, of me out to be like, Cece, go, go do this. You need to, you need this for your growth. Go yeah. do this. Go go to this show. Say hi to these people. Go receive this music and analyze it. I just get really analytical and then I get kind of like, what are you doing out? You should be home working. You should be working on this craft, not watching it, not indulging. It almost feels indulgent yeah. when I go out and watch people and I get yeah, yeah. anxious in crowds. Um, and I feel like I just want to be on the stage, which is just my ego and selfish or something. But when I do go, I try, I try my best to see people that I that like make me have to recognize the difference between envy and jealousy or admiration. Like people that I'm like, they're yeah. incredible. And yeah. I want to fully understand what I'm feeling when I watch them and go, Oh, I want that. Yeah. Cause it's not envy and jealousy is just data. And that information right. that I can gather is useful to be like, what do I, admi- what am I admiring right. that I'm hiding in this like icky feeling? And then I get to take that, receive it. And then hopefully if I'm, done overthinking i can just receive music and be a listener yeah and that's really fucking hard for me yeah i i have a really hard time just listening yeah you know i i i understand that about the anxiety and stuff well i like a show like when i come back that i start playing without even thinking about Mm -hmm. like you come home and you're like yeah. You just kind of start playing like, hey, I got to do so. And then you realize yeah. like, oh shit, I just got inspired by someone. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is a super. And sometimes it's someone you know. Cool. Yeah. They're like in their phone and you're like, holy shit, dude, I've just spent two hours playing guitar. Thank you. Yeah. Inc- yeah. It's amazing. The, um, one, of the, one of the people I'm like, I'm, when you watch people work in, especially in studio, like watching Chris do production and he Chris, was, Chris Busada. Okay. Um, when he's producing and he's just like flowing with ideas and um, Black Odyssey came in and was laying down tracks and you're just watching them kind of just letting things come out of them, you know? Yeah. And and that is so moving to me because it feels, it's like being in that room when you're like... Did you work with you on? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's on, he's he's doing a couple features on on the record, which I'm super grateful for. Insanely talented. But like watching them and you end up being like, I want to be good enough to be in this room. And it was so humbled and delighted to feel so small is the wrong word, but like, like childlike learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I was yeah. just like watching and being like, what the fuck? Y'all are so good. I yeah. want to be that. Yeah. So you end up wanting to go home and be like, I want to be a worker of my craft. Yeah. I want to work on my craft. Yeah. I don't want to just be a thing, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I wanna, no, I know exactly I want to be inside of it and understand it and see where I can go. And that's empowering. You're taking, yeah. you're taking charge of everything. Once you, once you can, 
Like once you can like kind of do, I don't know what kind of business person Prince was. He seems like he was probably insane and surrounded himself with some great people. Mm. But once you have that sort of like empowerment over your, like authority over your creative process where you can do everything, it's really exciting. Even if you're not, like I'm not great at everything, but I still do all the stuff because it's, I, I know what I'm trying to do. And yeah. I think I can get the point across. Yeah. That's the other the, the <clears throat> thing I was saying earlier, that when you have full recognition of what you're cap- capable of and mm-hmm. not capable of, then you get to see, okay, I'm, I'm not currently capable of this thing yet, but I know where the hole is then. Yeah. So to know it that I don't know it yeah. is is the superpower because then I can navigate it. You know, it. I get really um, humbled at opportunities to share my music with people that I think are just crushing it and doing things in in a way that i deeply admire like yeah. mobily i send him oh, my God, songs him. Yeah. often just to get you know ears that's and, a forward thinking guy yes like and yeah. i and i've always uh admired just even the way he works we got to do atx6 together and you're t- oh really yeah and when you think of like a working musician we were everyone on a plane on our way, way to japan i was asleep you know whatever and he is Computer open, creating, working, mixing, blah, blah, like every second. That's right. You were like in the last class of that, right? Yeah. Weren't you in the very last one? Wasn't it 2019 was the last? Yeah, we did. um, That was with Taylor from Otis Wilkins, um, Go Fever, Little Mazarn, Corey Corey from Croy and the Boys. I love all those people. Mobley and me. It was a fun group. Oh, no. Wait, was that the last year? There might have been one more. Yeah, there might have been. I I think I, I went to, I went to the thing at the state side. Yeah. For that. For my for my year? Yep. No. Didn't you guys go to France? Yeah. We did Anjou. Uh, Okay, I remember that part of the movie because I just remember Corey (laughs) being like totally like just Corey. They were, I mean, also because I went as me but in Torino Black and it was very important to me to not go and sing acoustic songs because it didn't, we wouldn't represent Trino Black, and so they learned all your enough stuff. material. Yeah. So I had a superpower group. Yeah, Taylor's such a rad Taylor guitar playing player. Guitar, yeah, Mobley on drums. Jesus, Corey playing bass. Wow, it was insane. I was like, okay, this is the honor of my life of these guys playing these different this conglomerate of a band. Yeah, just so I can execute my sound. Yeah, and them having learned it, it was, it was so amazing. That whole trip was amazing. In France, I mean. Kate Blazing, God bless that incredible photographer, because I would wake up, I remember waking up and missing my train, or about to miss my train, because my phone had died, and I was going to miss my train to miss my international flight back to the States, and I left the literal hotel room without pants, and just started sprinting (laughs) out to the street, which is like not uncommon of me, I don't love pants, but... But man, I, I just felt like the little, the little crazy Latina being like, Kate, I have to go. And she's like, but you're not wearing pants. <laughs> I was like, there's no time for that shit. We got to go. Is Kate, does she, did she work at Eberly for a while? Did Kate work at Eberly? No. I don't know the answer to that. I know, I've known her in her, in her photography work okay. more than anything. She's amazing. She's one of the first people to, to ever do cool shoots for me and all the things. What's your hospitality job? I, I work as a wine director. Oh wow! I've worked as a sommelier in a in the city, and I've worked in distribution in wine. I've worked on in vineyards. I've worked in wow. I've worked in the wine world for a really long time, for most of my career. My my whole bit was whatever helps my family the quickest and the most 
is and hopefully it's music one day and sometimes it's you know but right now it's hospitality and so i always did both at the same time but the wine world did you know financially was able to help right. me take care of my family faster right. and so i kept climbing that ladder and uh and doing wine work that i love that also tangles really sweetly with with my music industry world you know so i always worked with people who have always been really supportive of my the, there's the job that supports the right, dream right, right. and then the dream. Right, and, right. And I've, especially the company that I work with now, I'm the wine director for Drifted Golf Club and I've never felt more supported and more loved and people just encouraging and being stoked for everything that can happen for me in music. That's great. So it's, and the, and the way that they make me feel is that that fuels the, the job just as much as just doing the job. Sure. So it's like to let all of you get to exist within all of the scopes of what, yeah, you do. It's really powerful. It's hard, man. It's hard. Like, I mean, I've I've been in this band Skyrocket for twenty, almost twenty two years. Next, it'll be twenty two years next Wednesday. Holy shit, that's incredible and a huge feat. And everybody obviously knows knows you and 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 the work. But like, that's that is not normal. Well, no, it's not. And uh, you know, the thing is, is that. It kind of, we were all people in our own bands doing our own things. A couple of us had record deals and stuff that had gone by the wayside and kind of, uh, kind of feeling the future of how difficult it was to make money off of your recorded music, yeah. you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden this band started and kind of over a couple years, uh, turned into like a real, a real thing where, you know, it's a cover band and we're playing pri- parties and like, uh, uh, corporate events and shit like that. But as as that time went on, like the ability to make money off of your recorded music, even just like recording a record and selling the CD at your show, like if you had a record release, you'd make another fucking fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks at the show just selling yeah. CDs. But now that's not a thing, and it's so difficult that it seems to me, and it's 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 frightening in a way that unless you have some kind of giant live thing that you're doing it unless you're taylor swift yeah there's a huge gap between being at this part yes and then making it there used to like be a middle class yeah. like aj and i were in bands that didn't have record deals that were on tour four to five days a week all around regionally yeah. making a living that's and that's the new the new goal and the new like headspace of that i've um that i'm trying to navigate is what does it look like to be like any other job right like a working musician. I'm not saying like, like why couldn't it just be this, the same way that someone's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working at this, you know, marketing agency right now, interlevel, whatever, but it has, I don't know, there's there's a space where this there should be enough revenue streams um, for musicians to feel like they've got a life, you know, that right. they don't have to juggle in this way that feels like, what? and once I make it, then I'll replace this. It's right. like, there is that middle ground somewhere and it's, um, I also think, if I can say this in the air for everybody that's looking for new ways to involve themselves in helping music, I think that re reframing the way that you look at what a label did for artists was to provide them the opportunity to get in a studio and record without having to front that money. We are no longer in that situation. We, most of the time, can can go and record our stuff through a million different facets that are inexpensive or more simple and still execute putting out our music what we need is the same thing that all startups get which is a venture capitalist approach to looking at someone being funded and so 
if we were to reframe what the artist actually needs is time and marketing, then the marketing dollars of all these big companies that look for where to place their money should just be that they should give out scholarship-esque types of... Um, like a Sonic Guild kind like of son- thing. Like a Sonic Guild right. thing, but m- even more poignant. Like there's... Sure. Sonic Guild is beautiful because it's a conglomerate of, of all the people saying, let's all pitch in and do sure. this. It's like what a I'm saying is, communist record company. <laughs> right. What, yeah. I, what I'm saying is that there is a million different um, corporations, companies that have parts of their uh, budget that are dedicated to marketing, that are dedicated to little pockets that they can... If you were to give a band sure, 15 grand, that buys them maybe three months of living expenses living expenses to just be musicians. You know what you can do in three months? I mean, I essentially just did that in six months. If I were to like data point out what I could accomplish if I stopped working as much with my, with my company, which I did, I pulled away to be more full-time in music. So I got to really see, okay, in six months, what can I do if I'm afforded the opportunity to just be a musician and haul ass? In six months, I did more than I did in my lifetime as a musician. So then you go, okay, well, with that trajectory, that's the same way, that's the same thing that a startup would go to a company and go, here's the data of how quickly I, my trajectory of growth, right. here are the data points that's, of, yeah. of return of ROE and ROI. Like, there's a million ways to navigate this. So few business. musicians, though, view it like, like you're able to view it. Well, I'm, uh, so few can. It's not even just because yeah. I'm able to view it as much as that I want it, right? So if I right. want what I'm saying, then I need to be able to pitch myself like a business that's worth investing in if that's what I want, or start finding, or simultaneously start finding different revenue streams that allow me that bottom line that I need to meet to be able to stay, being able to do a, an interview on a on a Monday afternoon, which frankly, yeah. prior, when you're working you your jobs, which I've right. always done, I've always been a worker in this city, the only day off I had was Tuesday. Right. And the only nights off I could figure out rehearsals was if I got off in time, maybe after 10, if the guys could all kind of put together navigating my busier schedule because I had a full-time job. Right. You know, so the name of the game is like, if what if your music was your job? What does that time, you know, turn into? Right. And can you prove it? And to to me, at least I am the only... I wake up and go to sleep with my own head and my own heart, so I have to prove it to myself, kind of being yeah. like, is this viable? Do I have room? Yeah. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, I, yeah, I fucking do. Give me another six months and let me see what I can do. You know, but you have to be your own flame under your ass to be able to prove yourself to yourself before you have the nerve to talk in front of someone and say, hey, I'm worth investing in. Yeah. That's not to be taken lightly, that someone could, you know, put not just faith, but literal dollars behind your dream. Yeah. You better be worth it. Yeah. It's funny because I took a couple of days off this. I feel like when you're you're self-employed and you're at that for a while, I don't know if you ever saw, uh, there was a documentary about Joan Rivers like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago that came out. But there was a part about it that made me like start crying. And it it was her like making sure her fucking calendar was filled. Yeah, and she's like eighty-seven years old in this thing, and she's like, "I I have two open things in three mm-hmm. months. I I got I I I'm only comfortable." And you see, like, and you're yeah. like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna be like that when I'm eighty-seven because that's how I've been since I was a kid." Yeah, I've just been. It's it's that thing. It's like you're that drive. It's a drive. It's drive, and then I also think that there's nuances of 
like a scarcity mentality or I'll speak for myself. Like I have a scarcity mentality of, of one, Me that too. I'm desperately trying to take care of my family. Two, that, that money has never been a naturally flowing presence in my life. Me neither. And right. In my family's life. Yeah. We've been, you know, a, a bit of uplifted in a, in a, by the village of, of the military and, and, charity scenarios of people wanting to take care of my family when everything happened. So my mind is also kind of stuck in this frame of there's not enough. There's not enough. We need, we need more. Like we're not, oh, we're not okay yet. We're not, my mom's not retired yet. She's still yeah. working a million jobs. And, and so your, your head goes to this scarcity mentality that you're like, the second I sit down, then I don't deserve this. Like if I can still run, I should be sprinting. And, and it plays a detriment to you. Cause then you don't know how to, I don't know how to be at a show without it feeling like I'm, indulging right, right right i don't know why am they, i having a good time when yeah, I like get, how I'm dare not, i yeah you know? i'm not elvis yeah who yeah. the fuck did i think i am <laughs> yeah 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 get back to work most of the time <laughs> my way of it, my friends can attest to this i i do not hang out a lot because i'm always working yeah and in some way in some yeah, yeah. in some way yeah. if it's not if it's given a wine tasting if it's doing running an event if it's this or that one it brings me joy i love being a worker but two it's just i have that thing where i'm like I need to keep going. I need to keep going. And most of the time, my friends will be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, actually, what are you doing from 7 to 10? And they're like, why? And they're like, 30 bucks, 30 bucks an hour. You want to come work for me? And that way we can hang out? And most yeah. of the time, they're like, yeah, sure. Because it's the only time I end up being able to hang out with people. Because I literally put you on the clock and work with me. <laughs> or, or if we're playing a show together. So right. um, I'd like to get to a part where I feel more control. Yeah. And, uh, and more, I don't know. Of a, of a an approach to my own music that allows it to f- feel like it fuels my life in the same way that people people have their jobs fuel literally yeah. their their bills and their livelihood and their joys and their vacations yeah. and their whatevers. Um, I want that through music, and I've gotten that through my other jobs my whole life. But I, I my the dream is for to give that kind of financial stability to my family, but because of my music and yeah. not because I'm juggling and I couldn't make it home in time for a holiday thing or something because I'm working, yeah. but don't worry. I can send, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, I am not the only, but that is the whole city. All musicians are juggling some version of how to do this. Yeah. This one's just my I'm doing a bunch of different things yeah. to make it all work. But as long as it's part of the conversation, I think it's really exciting to be in a time where we can say, what does other revenue look like for a musician is it being like i'm I'm researching a bunch on patreon you know and and what that's done for artists to be seen as people being like well i like your stuff i don't want to go through the middleman to get right to give you support or pay for your music i'd rather pay you right and that makes perfect sense to me sure as a as a business it's a different time now it's like there's no there's no real there's no real actual path to success you kind of yeah kind of got to invent it as you go yeah and if it feels good then it's the right it's like what's the next yeah right move yeah the most right next move it seems like that's i mean it's it's served you well over the last few years like you've really been on a great like you're upwardly mobile in the I definitely, I in pull, the music I pulled myself business. out of a really sad little summer, but that sadness fuels you too. And um, I think asking a lot of questions and being very aware of how small you are, and just wanting to learn desperately from as many people that are doing 
life and music in a way that you admire yeah. has been a, a guiding light for me. Even if it's not like exactly the same thing, there's, I get to work with this, um, I've gotten to collaborate a lot with this incredible uh, woman in the industry who works with festivals and South by and film. Uh, and it, I just sat next to her once at a restaurant when I would take myself to dinner sometimes. And she was sitting next to me doing the same thing. And we got to talking and she works in a different side of the marketing world of music. And it was just this wealth of information that I was like, well, as a musician, you know, a whole world that I don't. And I think you'd make a great team member to like a musician like you're what we're missing yeah not a label so i think for me it's just been like as often as i can continue to meet people and be humbled by how much i don't know and just absorb yeah and keep getting in rooms where i am this big yeah <laughs> you know even by my own bandmates man scott speaking of scotty I'm a shit. I am a shit guitar player. I can play. I can write. I can play piano. Blah blah. blah but I'm a. I'm not a musician's musician. I'm. Right. I'm a songwriter's musician of whatever that can mean, and and also being humbled at the opportunity to be like, well, then I should get better for the sake of my band. Scotty, will you teach me? And we would do in exchange for Spanish lessons that he wanted to learn oh, Spanish. Nice. We'd co- we'd come to practice an hour before our band rehearsal. And from six to seven, he would teach me guitar. And then we would do band practice. And then the next rehearsal, it'd be six to seven, it was Spanish. That's awesome. And then, you know, it's just just, just trying to grow, I guess. Just trying to get better as often as we can. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but if I'm trying Of course trying you to, don't. Nobody does. I like, yeah. that's... A lot of people <laughs> make it look a lot smoother. <laughs> I end up leaving hotels, you know, in France without my pants on, trying to not miss a train. That's hilarious, I'm by not the way. as graceful in my attempts, but... I'm, I'm certainly, uh, I have a sense of humor about how hard I'm trying. Yeah. So. When is your next show with the band here in town? Um, the, on the, well, on the 9th is San Antonio, and then I'm trying to knock out this, this record. Be out for a while. And then March, March 9th, I'll be at the Austin FC singing the national anthem. Oh, that's when you'll be doing that? That's March 9th. And so the week before that, I'm trying to release Spoonful of Sugar so that all y'all can sing it in the crowd. <laughs> And then from there it's South by Madness, so I'll be. You, are you playing South by? Doing a bunch of bunch of shows on the twelfth. We're doing um, Buddy Holly Foundation. On the thirteenth, we've got an unofficial uh, showcase. On the fourteenth, I'm at Sam's Town Point with Shiny Ribs. Um, I love Sam's Town Point. Um, on the. I do too. I love that place. I love it. It's cool. I love the tone of it. It all fe- it feels very. Um, real deal. Like, yeah. It's in the middle of like a neighborhood. Yeah. Which is re- so weird. I love South Austin. Yeah, me too. Um, I love Shiny Ribs too. It'll be a good show. And then I'm going to, I'm doing a little feature uh, at Soko Stomp at Sea Boys. Okay. On the 17th. Oh, nice. With all those cats. I, I'm playing that weekend. I'm around during the week, but I'm out of town in the weekend. I'll bop around. I'm, I'm sure I'll post some. Yeah, people can follow you on Instagram. Things. That's that's the main uh, Instagram and Spotify is basically where you yeah. you flourish. Tra- you were talking about I'm you're trying to do TikTok. I'm working on it. It is. You're not old enough. I feel like it's like I'm just like, hey, I can't do another thing. Second of all, what am I going to do on TikTok? Like I'm 55. What am I? Hi everyone, I'm at the place doing a thing again. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible at that. I I'm, I, I I'm, there are people that are great at it. There are people that are, but I feel at weird it. doing it. Well, so I feel the exact same way. And so my, my immediate reaction to that feeling is, one, I have 
I just have I have to swallow that feeling and say okay fuck off CC like you this is part of the platform now and it's a new medium and a free one and an opportunity to reach more people and that's where people are listening to music so you know shut up with my own little insecurities about TikTok and just just but don't do adopt it. a TikTok personality. Like, still be CC. I, I don't even know what that would look like. I it, don't either. But just to be like, hey, guys, I'm CC at the place yeah, again eating pizza. Brushing my teeth. Yeah, like, it's, know, like, I'm already trying so hard on Instagram, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on... That's what I meant earlier when I got in. I was like, I'm still navigating what it look feels like for me to exist on a platform like that that doesn't feel like not me. But I want to because it's... It's a platform. It's an opportunity and a tool for my music to get somewhere. Why wouldn't I use it? So my little, I've never been a social media person. I didn't even have a MySpace growing up. Like I only got a Facebook because my university said I needed to because that's how they were going to communicate about meetings. Like I, it was, it's never been my medium. However, that's. You just made me feel really old. (laughs) I mean, it's just where. No, I, I was already divorced when is. Facebook came out. Like I'd already been married for 10 years and gotten divorced and like, it's just, go ahead. Sorry. It just is. These are just that. These are the new tools. And, uh, if I stop seeing it as social, social media and see it as a tool, yeah. then my brain can start relating a little bit better when I see it as like, I want to be social and be on social media and post a this or that. I'm like, nah, what, what? but it's a tool and I'm going to, and I'm going to utilize this tool because that is a, that's the, that's the, I'd be a fool not to, I want so badly to take care of my family and, and write music and have it be a, a medium of sure. financial stability. And I mean, those things I, are, that's how you monetize your right, fucking so shit. That's what yeah, I'm saying. So I'm like, I gotta I drop, I gotta drop my little, like, fuck social media, blah, blah. I just gotta drop that shit and be like, okay, just figure out how you want to exist in it and shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I can bitch about it all day. Trust me. I, yeah. Social media is not where I, where I thrive, but. I want to play music and that is a tool. That's so a tool. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, so me, find me on social media and follow me on Tickety Talk and call me Delulu. Delulu. Um, there was something I was going to ask you one more thing before you go. Oh, singer to singer. I sang the national anthem at something. It wasn't that big of a deal, but I did sing it. And Am I so fucked? I was in the 90s. It was in the 90s. But I don't really remember anything about it except I, I remember it's a very it's much a much harder song to sing when you're like okay let me start going through this song by myself and you're like oh fuck man this is a really hard song it's a really hard to song sing. i've sang the national anthem a few times yeah. for games obviously not for not in a stadium i've sang it for golf tournaments and it's actually the first song i ever performed publicly really ever in my whole life so this is nothing to you. You know that you're not oh, going to fuck up the words. It's certainly not nothing, but it's the song I've rehearsed the most in my life, which yeah, is yeah, so yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah. And as a sibling of five brothers and sisters, it is hilarious to watch your whole family be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> not with this Jose song again. Jose, that's, what, that's another not thing that, that we do as Hispanic people. I know. That's we, what we like the first word to be. Jose, Jose. can you Ay, see? Jose, can you see? <laughs> like that. Ay, Jose, otra vez, otra vez, Jose. So you're not fucked. I mean, it's, it's just also when you have to sing the it. It's nerves of the stadium that I'm nervous about. Most, are, do, you, are, do you have accompaniment or you just, that's just it, me. just you? I could, that's how I think how I did it. That's, I it's think. just me. I, um, I, yeah, the first time I sang it was, I mean, mind you, I was standing under the bleachers because I was nervous, but it was for a volleyball game that I was playing. And if the coach wouldn't put me in the game, I would sing the national anthem. Do you have perfect pitch? I, no, there's no way I do. And I just don't. 
that was the part that was freaking me out because I don't either. And when I was going to do it, I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta start low. Start like you low. could do not get out there and get excited and start even, like, even one go step lower up. than you like, think. If you're starting here, go don't start here because then you're gonna have to be like here. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's insane. So insane. The only the the positive thing is that the game is late. It's at seven thirty. So I have all day to warm up. I've sang the national anthem at eight fifteen in the morning Ooh. for a golf tournament, and and it went fine. And um, I don't know. Fingers crossed. It could be really, really great and do really great things, or not. But I'm also, I don't know. It's one of those things where like you put yourself in a situation that you're nervous about, then it's then you should be there. Yeah. Like, this will make me. Um, this will challenge me. I can I can do nothing but grow from this. So yeah, I'm. So grateful to the Austin FC for their support of me during ACL, during, you know. The support of music is pretty great. It's incredible. And it's the, like, purest way to involve. One, they're also a growing thing. So I feel yeah. connected in this, like, nuanced way of they're a new thing. You guys are, yeah, you're both starting out together. Yeah. Whatever, so I feel, I don't feel so bizarre with my questions or ask of, I don't know, how to make this just, how to optimize, how to grow do things in maybe a way that they're what are they what are they doing for their brand that i could implement for me little old me yeah you know why not ask it that way yeah well so. i break a leg thanks um i'm sure it's gonna be great we'll see and i'll try and see you guys during south by when i'm out running yeah I'll, I'll send you all the all the details yeah the people can follow you on instagram i'll put a link to that on there and a link to your spotify Thank you uh, for having everyone me. get out there. Thank you so much and for doing for the show. It was great talking to you. Well, I could talk to you for forever. Yeah, I was real. Like, I was looking at the time. I was like, well, at some point we got to end. I got to go to rehearsal. Damn. Well, <laughs> let's have lunch sometime. All right. Good talking to you. But who's going to worry about me? Do you just need some space? Gang, that was Cece. I'll put links to her Spotify and her Instagram in the text of this podcast. But I had a really great talk, time talking to her. Love her. She's a fantastic, amazing songwriter, great singer, and a great hang. So here's to Cece. You can find her at OCC on Instagram. I'll put the links in the in the text of this podcast. All right, gang. Hey, don't forget when you're out there checking out Cece on Spotify and stuff, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find it, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment if you can. Let us know how we're doing. It makes us happy. I hope you have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Enjoy it, baby. Enjoy it. Let's get down. Who's gonna